This is the Young Family Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Young Family Podcast. It's your host, E. Young. I am joined, as always, by my co-host. The TBC. TBC. How are you? How are you? I'm good. That's about as much as we're going to get into me, because a fair portion of today's episode is going to be about you, little TBC. Um, I, I hear you're going through a little bit of a funk. <laughs> you hear, correct. Yeah. I, I hear because you've explicitly told me. Wow. Um, but the big revelation is uh, that you would like to talk to the listeners about this because you feel like your funk right now, um, sometimes it's easy to get down on yourself, but it's also easy to forget that a lot of other people might be going through the same thing as you. So you are going to uh, be talking about what's going on in that head of yours today. You, you cool with that, TBC? I'm ready to share my funk. Okay, good. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to be talking about, we're actually, we're, we're working off the responses from the survey. And one of the things that people were telling us, uh, give us these little slices of life. Talk about the portions of your day with the kids uh, that that all parents deal with. And what better portion of the day to start with than bedtime, mm -hmm. all right? So today we're gonna be talking about bedtime. We're gonna be talking about the tale of two bedtimes, how there was one bedtime routine uh, that was pretty sweet when the daycare was closed and then the daycare reopened. And we're going to be talking about how that has changed oh so drastically. But first, TBC. Um, let's begin with you. We're gonna, you know what? It, it's actually fitting that it's like an overcast, drizzly day right now because I want everyone to kind of like bundle up with a flannel blanket, all right? Just cozy on up on a couch. In the heat of the summer. I, I guess, I mean, not outside. Who's got a couch outside with a flannel blanket? Crazy. I think it's funny when you keep the house so cold that you still feel the need to like bundle up. Like maybe just like turn up the air. Are we really going down this avenue right now? <laughs> I'm trying, trying to set the scene for your therapy session here, TBC. All right. What what I want to do is I want I want to probe you for information. So uh, why don't you why don't you just start by by telling me what what is on your mind these days and why do you feel like you're in a funk? So I think that my funk really stems from two different main situations. The first situation is with my job. Okay. I am still currently furloughed. That's right. And um, I haven't heard any word about possibly returning. So it has been since, the, you know, close to the end of March. Mm -hmm. So I am just beginning to worry. I'm beginning to worry what will happen with my job, if I will even have a job, what my job will look like when I go back, and like when that day will be. And for me, it's like I, I work at a, um, at a place in a position that I love, and with it being a little bit, um, I guess, different or, or not even really talked about right now, I am just scared about what will I do 
if I do not get my job back? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do we stay in Orlando? Mm-hmm. Do we pick up and move to to go to a different school district? Do um, do I want to continue working? Like, how am I going to find another job with insurance, a job that I'm going to like? And, you know, do I just get any job so I just have money coming in? And so all these things have started to kind of get me very anxious because it's like the unknown of what my career is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, I found a place and a job um, that I loved and was going to really stay here long term. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it may change for me just makes me worry a little bit. And um, kind of like the unknown of what's going to happen has really started to just... Um, really worry me on a day-to-day basis. And I try my best to stay positive. You know, I I know that everybody is going through a struggle. And then with all that said, my second kind of thing that's been on my mind that's kind of got a new worry is kind of like the pressures of being a mom. Okay. You know, like all the decisions with schools you know, we have chose to put Jackson back into daycare really for the structure for him and the sanity for me. And I don't really know if that's the best decision. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a little um, gets me a little bit anxious because, you know, I know that there is so much, you know, back and forth. So I feel kind of guilty some days for that. And some days, you know, I'm happy that he's there because I know he's he's um, having a good time and learning a lot and kind of preparing himself for, for VPK. And then there's like the pressures of, um, do you put your kids in a mask? Do you not put your kids in a mask? Like, it's like, do you go places? Do you not go places? Like, you know, all like the judgment and, you know, everyone, you know, has an opinion and just like the pressures of doing something, you know, wrong. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, you bear the burden of those decisions a lot more than I do. And I'm not saying that I am not party to those decisions. Um, that's just a major difference in our personalities. I can decide on something and then just say, well, there's some inherent risk in this decision, but a, a decision needed to be made and we're going to move forward with it. Whereas you kind of have uh, a difficulty in in um in really being at peace with your decisions sometimes is that true well i analyze it a lot like that's kind of one thing that bothers me about you in a way it's like if i say do you want this or that like you don't even like look at it you're just like pick one or that one and for me it's like well you have to kind of like do your research and you have to think about it and make a list of like pros and cons and you know then it's like once the decision is made you have or i have the Um, the anxiety of, is this the right decision? Am I making the right decision? You know, are people judging me or, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I I don't want to mess up. And I know that deep down that there's really no right or wrong, but I don't like to, I guess, make the wrong decision, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing all this. To be clear, we're not in an Eric bashing session. All right. This is a Carolyn sharing session. Did I bash you? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, you started off your last response by saying, and there's something that, about you that I don't really like. <laughs> but it's okay. I can roll with it. Um, even though I didn't because I had to bring it back up. But um, how do you think that these anxieties uh, and concerns are manifesting on a day-to-day -day basis with you? How, how does it impact just your day-to-day -day life as a person, not even as a parent? I mean, I just get a little funky. Like I get a little, like, I'm not gloom and doom, but I mean, I just get a little sad. Like I just get a little quiet and I don't really want to do anything. And maybe I'm a little bit like, I don't know, not depressed, but maybe I'm just a little bit like in a, in a funk. What's the difference? Funk sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I noticed you really like to kind of like dress it up with like, I'm like funky. Like I'm like doing a dance. But... I don't really know if I'm, <laughs> you know, depressed. I mean, I know that I love being around the children when they're behaving and when they're <laughs> well that's a big asterisk. when they're not behaving i mean i definitely get frustrated but i i don't know why i get frustrated because they're just kids being kids but you know i just um i don't know i don't, I don't know how to explain it i just i know that on some some days i just i, I i'm just like i'm scared you know i'm scared of of what our next few months, what our next few years will be for ourselves, for our children. You know, all the normalcy that we once knew is changing. You know, I, I just like things to just be the same. You know, I, I, I'm a homebody. I, I just like think I'm a homebody, but I want to be able to go out when I want to go out. And mm -hmm. you can't do that right now. So it's just kind of like a weird kind of middle ground to be in. Yes, I, I concur strongly. And I think that, um, you know, I mean, the most important element of this whole segment is you talking about it. So, quite simply, it just comes down to talking about it. And that's the reason why TBC and I wanted to take the beginning of this episode to do that, because it did seem like there was, uh, you know, this has been a struggle for you on a daily basis, Carolyn. And I refuse to admit that you are the only one. And, um, you know, so hopefully uh, there are people out there that are listening to this and this is not compounding your anxiety or potential depression, uh, but hopefully this can provide some kind of solace in that you're just not alone, right? I know that we've heard it so many times at this point that it's become cliche, right? That these are unprecedented times, all right? But really stop to think about what that means, okay? In our lifetimes, and, and really the lifetimes of many of the generations that exist right now today, there's never been anything that, ha that has been like this, that has impacted so many lives so drastically in such a short amount of time yeah right? like happened like overnight right right where you know now you're talking about the very very real possibility that a job that you loved and a career path with upper trajectory might just be taken from you right and how are we to process that right when there's no other precedent okay not only is it sad and unfortunate 
right? But then you 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 just have the the sheer novelty of it all to sort of throw into the mix of like how can you really mentally process all of this? And it's a challenge, you know. Uh, I'm 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 saying that Carolyn, I don't think that you're alone, and I think that it's awesome that you are talking about this. Um, and like I said, I would be absolutely shocked to uh, to ever learn or admit that um, you are any sort of a rare case. I think that right now the biggest thing that we can do as like a society is to just like build each other up and be there for each other. And it's like if like, you know, Becky has chose to take her kids to school mm. or send her kids to school for whatever reason, maybe she has to because of work or maybe it's just a better learning environment for her child. It's like build her up for that choice. Like mm-hmm. it's not an easy decision for everybody. If somebody decides to keep their, their child at home virtually and they're able to do that, um, then just like applaud them for that choice. It's like, mm. there's no reason right now that we should be you know, shaming each other for decisions that we're making. We're all doing the best that we can. Mm. And it's like, when you have the support, I think from other parents, um, moms, dads, you know, it kind of helps you get through the tough times without making you yourself um, question the decisions that you're making. That's right, yes. Now, uh, case in point, normally Becky is the name that you give to the person in fictitious situations that is behaving like a doofus. But in this situation, you were like, hey, Becky, it's all right. It's all right. Becky, <laughs> it's just a name that we use. It's just easy to stick with the name that we throw out there. Um, but regardless, uh, uh, of course, we... Um, I want to say thank you, TBC. I'm always extremely proud of you when uh, you have the, uh, you know, the courage to talk about these sort of things on the show. And um, I, of course, uh, our uh, our inbox is always open. If there are people out there that are experiencing uh, feelings uh, similar to what Carolyn is going through, let us know. If you're a part of the uh, the Young Family Podcast listening family, then uh, we are here for you. Um, now with that TBC, uh, we want to get on into our next topic, but we don't really have like a segment for it. So why don't we just take a tiny baby break before we get into our next topic? What do you say? Yeah, TBB. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, in this segment, we're going to be talking about bedtimes. All right, if you have kids, you got to put them to sleep. It's the best time of day. Bedtime is the best time. So yes, it's that magical time of the day where uh, you get to lay your little beloved children down to rest for an extended period of time, and presumably there may be some time for you to have to yourself and um, kind of remember (laughs) what it was like in those days uh, before you had children, right? All of this can be done uh, in in the hours after your children are asleep 
for the evening. And uh, you know, the time leading up to it, there's there's like a there's like a buildup, right? You know, the parents are getting excited because the kids are about to go to sleep. So uh, a lot of parents they have turned bedtimes into a routine. It's militant, it is rigid and unflinching, and normally that winds up really benefiting the whole family, right? Because the, the parent and the child has uh, the proper expectation as to when things are going to happen and how. Uh, and then of course you can kind of program the children's uh, you know, internal clocks so that they are getting tired around the time that you want them to each and every day, right? So that's like, in theory, how bedtimes are supposed to work. Right, TBC? Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about the tale of two bedtimes, okay? Because uh, un very similar to uh, everything else that's going on nowadays, it uh, has been impacted by COVID-19. And uh, the reason being because when the children's daycare shut down, we had both kids at home, we had maximum control over when the kids napped or didn't nap and how tired they were towards the end of the day, thus allowing us to regulate and implement a element of control over when they went to sleep, uh, unlike any other time in our parenting journey, right? Yeah, and I wanna, I wanna say to the parents, in both of these two tales of bedtimes, we do make um, our oldest son, Jackson, who sometimes naps and sometimes doesn't, we always make sure that he has quiet time. That's right, yeah. And yeah. for one, the quiet time is good for just like letting him to either play um, you know, by himself or just have some quiet time, and then it gives us quiet time as well. Yeah, who are you kidding? It's totally for us. <laughs> 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 we send that kid into his room, for at least an hour, hopefully, if he stays there. No, an hour. And we, um, you know, we try to uh, pick up the pieces of our of our lives that are in shambles. Um. So so during the shutdown of the daycare, Jackson was just doing quiet time. He decided that he was going to completely abstain from naps, and that's when I said to you, I was like, you know what? TBC, maybe let's not fight him on this. Why don't we give him what he wants and then he's gonna be super tired at the end of the day. And then he wound up going to sleep at around eight o'clock during that magical stretch of time, each day, 8 p.m. He was asleep by eight o'clock. Oh, and it was glorious. It was glorious. And now, you know, his two-year-old younger sister was also going to sleep uh, maybe even just a little bit earlier than that. So we would have both children asleep by 8 p.m. And we felt like we could just like we were on top of the world, like we were just uh, galloping on majestic steeds through a rainbow lit meadow. <laughs> the very long analogy. Yeah. So, yes, that's all true. But really, our bedtime routine during the quarantine was you know, we would let the kids watch a little bit of TV, mm -hmm. we would take a bath mm -hmm. and then really after bath was more or less like the wind down time right we would have milk we would do stories and then we would like lay in bed i still you know cuddled with jackson he would be asleep you know very very quickly he would not fight me because he was on no nap right so it was just the routine of you know dinner play screen time bath and then story time and bedtime mm -hmm. and it was a great great routine 
Now, what I have had the struggle with is that, you know, when I speak with some parents about bedtime and their routines, they're talking to me about it like, like I said, that there is this kind of like unflinchingly rigid, you know, regiment that they implement um, and that's how they have the most success at bedtime. I totally get that, but I also, you know, have to throw out there that like, with every couple of months, when you have like, you know, kids of these ages, like toddler years, like they are changing so significantly from from month to month still. Well, I think that that's why parenting is so effed up is because once your brain masters something, mm-hmm. a routine, you know, it's uh, time to change. An, an age, and you're like, yeah, like I got this, like it's so easy. You know, something happens to Turns like, on a dime. you know, to, to completely turn it upside down where you have to reevaluate and kind of reset and come up with like a new pattern. So even if Jackson did not go back to daycare, I would still be struggling with the fact that like, you know, Riley, who used to go to sleep reliably at 730 every night just because she was like a younger, like newly turned two. Now that she's closer to like two and a half, right? She is like not tired at 7.30 anymore. She's not even tired at eight sometimes. Sometimes it's between eight and nine when she's falling asleep. This is a little bit of a digression that we won't go into, but I think that part of that reason is because now the kids share a bedroom. Yes. We have moved them into the bedroom. So I still think it's just like, the novelty of like, well, what's he doing over there? Like, I want to, you know, I all don't right, want to go to right. sleep. Like, and so we won't go down this path because yeah. that's not part of our, our segment. But it's, I think that it's kind of like a combination of the changes that we made at home. Okay, fair point. Now, but to get back on topic, obviously the big thing that changed then was um, that Jackson went back to school, right? He went back to daycare. And so for whatever reason, I if I had to put my money on it, it would be just because he follows instructions at school. Very and well. so when the instruction is, all right, everybody, nap time, he goes, oh, nap time, you say, and then he's asleep. <laughs> I have cameras um, to the school and... Like clockwork, he is one of the first children. Instantly. Not even laying down, but like asleep. Like he is so and like he is asleep. So I am all for it. If you wanna if you wanna sleep at school, like sleep at school. Our problem that we have discovered, which leads us into the second tale of bedtimes, is now that he, you know, basically went four months with no nap, going to bed between seven thirty and eight o'clock. Now he is napping for two hours during the day. Takes like monster naps. Coming home and he's not tired. He has all of this energy. Yeah. And so and he's na- gassed up. And so now we have, we're in the middle of kind of figuring out what our new bedtime routine is because, you know, like I shared, they're in the same bedroom. So it's like before when we went, screen time you know bath stories and bedtime you know he's not tired whereas like Riley should be asleep so it's almost like we're pulling him back out of the room in the middle of like the routine so he can like you know review some things that he learned at school or like to like play independently with me and then after a few minutes we go back into bed so he is tired and like lately Luckily, he's been starting to put himself to sleep, you know, 
But when he's still not tired, we give him a little light and we give him books or something quietly to play with. And we're just like, you know, go to sleep, I guess, when you're tired. But I mean, like last night he was asleep at 1030. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. crazy. That's uh, that's about the time that that's past when I would like to be going to bed. Same. Um, because guess what? We still got Riley and Riley's in like a little bit of a sleep regression or something right now where she's been waking up reliably at about like 2 a.m. every day. And so it's like. Uh, that's that's something we still need to account for. So, like, we need to be going to sleep um, uh, earlier so that we can still make it through the next day because the nights are kind of rough. Um, so, the you know, I look at the situation and I start to, you know, if I'm trying to diagnose this issue because the child going to sleep at 1030 is not ideal, it's probably not good <laughs> and just you know it, we we as parents preferably would like for that to be earlier so what do we do about it number one that's a question we'd like that for anybody that has any insight or advice or an opinion on the matter please hit us up youngfamilypodcast at gmail.com all right if you're in a similar situation or you've dealt with it in the past or you just have some parenting two cents that you'd like to share sock it to us we'd love to hear it um, but you know when I'm looking at the situation I don't even know if bed time necessarily is the thing that I want to diagnose. I think about going to the source of the problem, the naps at school. So the question that I wanted to ask the listeners is, if you were in our position and you could see that the big two hour nap at school is clearly causing so much distress in the bedtime routine at home, would you do something about it? Would you go out of your way to explicitly say something to the daycare to like prevent him from taking naps like would you would you talk to them about exempting him from nap time like seeing if there's another classroom that he could go into in that time or uh is that even like realistic or feasible or allowed if you were in our position would you do something about him sleeping at school now tbc i know you had some opinions on that so I think that you can say something to the daycare. I know when he was in the younger class, there was one little boy who did not um, nap, and he just kind of did a little you know, work paper um, on the table. But for one, the break is long. The break is two hours. I know. Um, my, my, my second reason of saying no to this is because he is falling asleep. It's not like he is like bouncing around like like a live fish trying to like get cozy in, in the sleep, tossing and turning. Like he is going to sleep, one of the first kids and almost immediately. Mm. So it's like if he is falling asleep, it's because he needs that nap. Yeah. So it's like how can you take away that nap as frustrating as it is for us you know, at home because we are losing our downtime um, or our sleep time, I guess. Both. It's like, you know, how, I, I, if my my opinion is, if he's tired, we have to let him sleep. Yeah, I, I, you know, I guess, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. Uh, I'm clueless, and that's why we're talking about it. But uh, I, my only rebuttal to that would be, but he makes it through the days, because um, even still on the weekends, when he's not at daycare, he does not nap on Saturday not and Sunday. Always. And um, that's true. Some days he does, but most days he doesn't. And he makes it through. He makes it through the day. He's fine. He doesn't really have any big meltdowns or hit a wall or anything. I, I disagree with that. 
He always has a meltdown around like four or five o'clock. Yeah, but he even does that uh, when he does sleep at school too. All right, that's, that's just his five o'clock meltdown. It's <laughs> like that's just a part of like his daily routine in general. I don't think that that has anything to do with the naps. Um, but man, we really want to hear some opinions on bedtimes. Um, you know, you might not even have the same sort of like specific elements of your situation. Your kids might not be the same ages they uh, or age difference. They might not share a room. There might not be a daycare and a not daycare situation. Um, but in general, let us know best practices, tips, uh, and any valuable insight that you may have about bedtimes in general, especially ones that you think that the TBC and I could integrate here uh, in our young family. Because uh, we're, it's, it's a struggle, man. It's real. Uh, so anything else you wanted to add about bedtimes, TBC? No, but let's get some sleep. Like now? Well, tonight. <laughs> I was gonna, I mean, like, I, I was describing the dreary day it is. It is ideal napping situation. But, I know. Um, alas, the, uh, you know, it's also almost time to pick up the kids from daycare. So, you know, the parenting duty calls. Uh, with all that, TBC, let's go ahead and wrap up today's epi. Uh, let everybody know where they can find us online. You can find us at bit.ly slash young family podcast all lowercase and all one word. Also, we have been posting um, videos on our Facebook page specifically. And YouTube. And YouTube. Uh, we are trying to post um, videos at least once a week uh, just for your entertainment. So come like our Facebook page. Uh, stay tuned to those videos. Keep on listening and have a good day. You know it. You know it. Uh, so uh, with all that said, on behalf of the TBC and myself, we're saying deuces until next time and bye. This is the Young Family Podcast. Young Family Podcast. Cycle of life. I think it's a circle of life. (laughs) 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 A cycle. (laughs) I guess there is a cycle too. It just has other implications, yeah.